Shalom Lechem Abayisai. I hope that everyone is doing well and finding themselves in the middle of a fulfilling winter. This is Pasha Vayetzei is the Pasha where Chayusol begins being built. After Yaakovino runs away from his brother Esav who is threatening to kill him, taking away the brachas, and Yitzchak and Rivka instruct him to go to Charen. On the way to Charen, he stops off from Yeshiva Shem Ve'eva, and he learns day and night, and he's on his way now, at the instruction of his parents, to Charen, to find his wife, and to build his family. Before he goes to Charen, he makes a nether to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that he's killed, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu watches over him, and protects him, and doesn't let him lose his Ruchnius, although he's going to be in Chutzlaretz by his uncle Levin, which didn't have a very big record of being the biggest tzaddik, then anything that he gains and anything that he achieves, he'll give off, he'll give off Maisus to that HaKadosh Baruch And he goes to Charet, and he's tricked by his father in countless times. He lives there for 20 years, serves and works for his father-in-law, and he marries Rachel and Leah. He's given Bila and Zilpa. And after having 11 children, Yosef to be the 11th, Yaakov Avinu sees <clears throat> that it's time for us to go home. Why? Because he saw that with the power of Yosef, he'll be able to conquer Esau. At least be able to meet up with Esau without being harmed. And Laban tells him, you know, I have to give you some type of some type of reward. So he starts to offer him, or Yaakov offers him and tells him the different types of weak type of flack that Laban has, and if you let me have those those sheep, I have to be able to help them mate and to multiply, then that's that'll be good for me. Laban seeing that Yaakov Avinu was taking the weaker type of flack to do that, was overjoyed. And we basically saw the brach in Yaakov Avinu's hands that no matter what Lavan wanted to give him, Yaakov was matzliach with being able to help them <coughs> multiply. And he became a very, very wealthy man. He had plenty of flack, plenty of sheep, and he had servants and maidservants, and he was ready to go. Now the sons of Lavan were very resentful for that, Lavan as well. And they felt that Yaakovinu somehow cheated their father, not realizing that their father had cheated him the whole time, and that he was really giving him the raw end of the deal. And Yaakovinu was able to hear that they were talking about him, that he was that he was cheating them out. And Patsuk says, He also saw that Lavan was distancing himself from him. He was upset with him, angry with him, upset with him. And he realized that this is not really a safe place to be. Now it's time for you to go back to your father's house, and to your birthplace, and don't worry, I'll be with you. Now when Yaakov gets this instruction, so he asks his wives, Rachel Leah, 
to come out to the fields. <coughs> so he asked them to come out to the fields. He had to discuss things with them. He told them, I see that your father's not, you know, his reactions to me and his view, he's not the same, it's not the same relationship. And the God of my fathers was with me. And then he tells them how, you know, for, throughout all the years, how hard I worked for your father, and how your father tricked me so many times. He tried giving me things that he thought would be successful by me, and in the end, you saw how successful we became. And I have, and I was Baruch Hashem, be able to get so much. And then he says over here, by at the time when he was heating up the the, the staffs in order to help the sign multiply. the flak one tap of the others. And the Malach of Hashem came to me in the dream. And he said, Yaakov, he said, here I am. And the Malach said to me, Son, Don't worry, Yaakov, take, take a look at everything that's going here. We, and we see, I see everything that Lavan did to you. I am the God in base Kel that you anointed a, a pillar, a matzeva, and you made a netter to me there. You said to me that if I watch over you, <coughs> then you'll do everything nicer to me. I turn now. Come, get up. And get up from this land and go back to your hometown. Now, that was Yaakov's way of explaining to them that we have an order from Hashem right now to go back to to my father Yitzchak. And I want to let you know about it, to discuss it with you first and to get your approval and letting you know how much the father tricked him and, and how he still tried to stay honest and to follow through. But here Hashem told us to go back. Are you ready to go back? Now, Rachel and Leah answer back something very interesting. Vatan Rachel Rachel and Leah answer back to Yaakov and say to him, No, do we have any portion or any inheritance here in our father's house? Is there anything worth it for us to stay here anyways? We were treated like a bunch of strangers and he sold us. And he ate up all our money. Anything that, you know, any type of wealth that Hashem helped over here, from uh, saved over here from our fathers. That's for us and for our children. Now, therefore, whatever Hashem says, we'll go. Now, when you read this book, it's a little bit hard for us to understand. We're talking here about Rachel Imenu and Leah Imenu, the Imaris That their belief of their Munna and their Betachna Kodesh Bochu was on the highest of levels. And Yaakovina is saying, Hashem told us we have to go back. Are you willing to go? Who would have thought the answer would have been, Hashem told us to go? Of course, there's no question. Let's go. They start giving a whole answer. <clears throat> it's not worth it for us to stay here anyways. Anyways, he took away all our money and he cheated us and he sold us and he took advantage of us. Yeah, let's go. Okay, so let's go. Why do they have to go ahead and answer reasons for it? Even if, And let's say if they would have been wealthy, they would have had everything that they needed. They also would have gone, seemingly, 
Why did they answer <coughs> that it's worth it for them to go out and worth it for them to go and it's not a crowd? So this question was asked by the Rabbi the Moshe Feinstein, and he says a very important Yisrael, which he stresses in many, many different places. He says, when a person has to do a mitzvah, there's certain things that a person is meant to do. When a person is meant to do a mitzvah, he has to do a mitzvah, <coughs> any type of feeling of him sacrificing to do the mitzvah takes away from the beauty and the, and the excitement to do the mitzvah. And therefore, when a person has an opportunity to, to do a mitzvah, he has to be able to build in his mind and build in his, in his, in his drive that this is something special, this is something good. There's no sacrificing. There's nothing holding you back from being able, we have to be able to do. And that was the message that Rachel Emenu and Tzari Emenu and Lei Emenu were teaching us. <clears throat> that it's true, we'll go anyway. But if we do it in a begrudging way, in a way where we have to feel that it's hard for us, we're sacrificing it, then it's a much harder thing to do the Ratzon Hashem. We want to do the Ratzon Hashem Simcha. We want to be able to do it with an excitement, with the feeling that we're excited and happy to do it. We want to take away all the things that might be a, an assignment for us and let us get it clear. It's not an assignment. This is geschmack. This is good. This is something we want to be able to do. Because if we're sacrificing it, then then we're not going to be able to really do it with a full heart. You know, there's a Misa that I once heard from the Chazanish that there was a Bacher who was Chazik, I think, that became very close to the Chazanish. He used to ask his Shilohs to the Chazanish. And there's one point where we were contemplating a certain Shidduch for this Bacher, and he wanted to ask the advice of the Chazanish. So he comes to the Chazanish and he starts to tell the Chazanish all the miles of the girl. She's a firm girl, and she's Tsenua, she's modest, all the different miles. And then he tells her to the Chazanish, and she also says that she's willing to sacrifice herself for her husband to be learning in Kailu. So the Chazanish said, okay, so then don't go through with it. He said, well, what's wrong? I just told all the miles to the Rebbe. I, I just want to understand what the Talmud is. Listen, I'm a Kabbalah, what the Rebbe tells me. Well, why? He says, because if an Isha feels that she's sacrificing herself for her husband to learn, then she's not going to be able to hold strong and not going to, to, to be able to do it. After a short while, she's, gonna, she's, gonna, she's not going to be able to do it. If an Isha feels that this is a schus, this is my privilege, I have a husband that's learning now, and of course, <clears throat> no one's taking advantage of each other, and, and everyone's happy to do what they want to be able to do, but if she feels and she sees that it's a schus, it's a privilege, and this is going to be something which is an investment for our family, and as long as I can we'll be able to do this, this is going to be something that's going to make a difference in the whole atmosphere, the whole the whole, the whole ruach of our mishpacha, then she's going to be able to be, feel strong and happy and content and be able to do it with a, with a cheshek, with a, with a desire. But if she's sacrificing herself and she feels that it's painful for her, that's, going to, that's not going to work. And Elisha Feinstein Zatzal used to say, said this many times in, in, in the Sefer. He said, when people came from, from uh, came to America, when it was difficult to keep Shabbos, those people that told their children that Shabbos was so difficult to keep, but I kept it anyways, right, that I had to go every, Every Sunday to go find every Sunday Monday to go find a new job and they're told Friday to don't come back to work if you're not gonna come on Shabbos. 
And they said, but I did it anyways, even though it was so hard. Their children didn't necessarily keep Shabbos. Because the children said, you know, Daddy, you know, you're, 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 you're able to hold strong. I can't hold, I can't deal with the challenges like that. But those people that told the children that Shabbos is so special, so hushing, so, so enlightening, that I wouldn't give it up for anything, even for money, then the message was Shabbos is so bishmak, so special, the simple of Shabbos, and that gave the person the excitement to want to do a mitzvah, and therefore to, to do everything they can to make it work. That's the message that Rachel Meinu, the Meinu taught us. Don't let yourself feel like you're sacrificing yourself to do the mitzvahs of Hashem. Build in ourselves and build the idea in our mind that to do a mitzvah is a privilege. To do the mitzvah is an opportunity. Sometimes there's, there's, difficult, there's different things that we have to do that we have to put ourselves out to do it. But if we feel that we're pulling ourselves out, then that takes away from the excitement. And if a person builds that excitement in his mitzvahs, that gives us a simcha and a good feeling about us of Hashem. And that brings them to the high and higher levels to connect themselves with Hashem. With Hashem, we should all be zaychah to come to that simcha in our voice Hashem and bring ourselves closer and closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and to continue to fulfill our tachos. Everyone should have a wonderful Shabbos. Go.